Welcome to the Road to Redemption podcast with your host, Cam Williamson. Each week, Cam sets out to shatter the labels and stigmas associated with mental health awareness by giving life lessons and raw overviews of events happening around the world. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast. I'm as always your grateful host, Cam Williamson. All right, look, the results are in. I'm getting... Um, I'm hearing your feedback. You guys are asking, one, why am I not climbing anymore? Two, what happened to the book reviews? Three, what happened to the spirituality talk? Four, what happened to the talk of love? Okay, let's cover down. One, rock climbing. I love rock climbing. I'm still trying to get myself back to a place where I can do so. The elbow is not the issue. My overall general health has been. My health has not been good. Um, I've been having an issue with my appetite and my sleep. Some of these things are fixing themselves. And some of these things will come into our conversation later, which is love connections and love in general. That's kind of how we'll end the conversation and why I'm not talking about these things and why I don't really discuss love at all anymore after writing the book. So we'll get there. As far as the book review goes, I've been very busy. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, um, and I just don't have time to sit down and read. I am spending a lot of time in the car, so I've I've been thinking about audiobooks that I want to spend, you know, car rides listening to. I just simply haven't, and you guys are seeing my life in real time. So if I don't have time to read, I, I don't have time to do a book review. When you guys were seeing me do all those, I had a lot of time on my hands, so... There's that. And now let's do the uncomfortable one. The love connections. And why don't I talk about love? And why don't I discuss spirituality and twin flames and these types of things anymore? Okay, let's go. Let's do this. So I wrote a book called The Road to Redemption, A Journey of Chasing Love and Doing Life the Hard Way. I've been writing said book for the last three to five years, really. Uh, Seriously, I wrote it in the last two, and I published it on April 11th. And it was the documentation of my entire love life from the time that I was a child until I turned 31, and it was my current situation. Um, In doing so, that showed me exactly what love has been in my life for my whole life, right? And it's always been there. When I say love, I mean being in a relationship in this context. When I say that I've been in love my whole life, I've been in relationships chasing the idea to me of what true, authentic, genuine, passionate, powerful love is. Okay. Now, I've been married twice. I had one very serious relationship from when I was young until when I was 18. So about the time that I was 10 until I was about 18, I was with the same person for the majority of my time. However, as young kids will do, we broke up and I had little girlfriends throughout. But so we'll we'll just jump into that, I guess. If you haven't read the book, I suggest you do so. And that will help make some of this make more sense, right? But I was with 
a girl who we had a very young, passionate love. And I am now saying love in the sense of my idea of love was created by this person. The way we made each other feel physically, emotionally, connectivity wise, the things we didn't have to say to each other, the things we did have to say to each other, all of these little intricate, literally second by second moments that were happening. And again, we were young kids who were latchkey kids, kind of. So we had more access to each other than most people are allowed to have at that young of age. So we were being physically intimate earlier in our lives than most people were. We were kissing and hugging and doing these type of things even earlier than most people were doing them. We were saying, I love you and I want to be with you forever at the age of 12, 13, 15, 16, 18, right? So it's not something like we did it at 10 and then by 12, you're going, oh, my first love and you don't talk to each other anymore. We, we had the dynamic of chaos, absolutely. Um, where, you know, as young kids will do, if one person is bored at a phase in the relationship, I almost said marriage, but you can't be married when you're 12, but that's what it kind of felt like. That felt like a first marriage where we went through the highs and lows of a relationship that adults would have because you're having sex, you're spending money on each other, you're doing these things that are way above your age appropriate level which then makes life hard because then when you're also being immature at certain phases in your relationship and you're going off and you're seeing other people and you're also engaging with them in certain ways, well, you start to also develop as well as, I want to start by saying the good things, when you learn in every single moment how your body, your mind, and your heart needs to be loved, for you to make it through certain things well you have one person who you went through that with and it forms you right now again sure responsibility to see what's healthy what's not what's an attachment style what's healthy love and relationships so when you're young and you're completely in love with each other where all you want to do is spend every waking moment together and if you can't you'll be on the phone whatever and then it becomes if you can't be together or on the phone, you're writing love letters to each other, you're buying each other gifts, you're doing something to show that I'm always thinking about you. Every time we have a space apart, and then we come back, there's always this influx, some would call it love bombing, where we are attacking each other with the passion of our feelings for one another. I got you this, I made you that, I hugs, kisses, everything else in this one big bang of holy fuck these are two souls that literally cannot stand to be away from one another right well then young life happens and that broke apart in one very big moment which you can read about in the book within a year or so i was married to a woman who i met in basic training so i didn't know this person i had no grounds of knowing her she already had a child from another relationship. So right there, you get the chaos and the drama and everything. So you start to feel some of the familiarities of like, oh, this isn't conventional. Uh, there's a lot of high stakes here. 
I got to improve myself. I got to be better. I got to make people proud. You, you have these similar feelings that you can, can start to confuse as love and, and what you think fits as to who you are. <laughs> but then the little moment by moments happen. And you start to realize like, oh, that's not my person. Because in the moments where we're silent, it's uncomfortable. When you try to make me laugh, it doesn't work or I have to fake it or the way I need to be spoken to when I'm tripping, you either can't do that or you just aren't reading it. You're, you're not able to look into my heart or my soul or who I am as a person and know like, oh, he's bugging right now and he just needs to bug right now. Or dude, you're tripping and you need to stop like right now. When you love someone, and again, it doesn't come from saying it. It doesn't come from letting people go too far and then being like, hey, look, we're never going to do that again. There's some of that in real, raw, passionate relationships where somebody will do something. Let's just talk about it. Somebody will do something, spend time with a member of the opposite sex that can enrage a person to the point where you're like, fuck you, fuck this whole shit. I'm done with you. Fuck you. All this right now. Is one person warranted for having that reaction? Maybe, maybe not. You don't know the situation. But when you're in young love and you're on again, off again, and all of a sudden now this one friend starts hanging around, you're like, hey, listen, I'm not going to put up with this fucking shit. You want to act this way? You want to do these things? You do it by your fucking self, right? You start to seem very controlling. You start to seem very manipulative, uh, these type of possessive type of things. But it's also in the situation where you have, if you don't know someone and you don't know exactly who they are at their best and their worst, it's very hard to gauge them and give them instructions based on what's best for them, not based on what's best for you, right? Because early in life, I think a lot of us when we're in young, actual love relationships, a lot of our fights that we have are us looking at our person going, you're not doing things right now that are in your best interest and in our best interest. You think right now you want this life, that you want to do these things and you want to act this way because you're young and you're free and you're whatever. But I'm telling you, next week, you're going to fucking regret this. Because I'm not going to be standing here when you decide to stop doing all this other shit. Well, if you truly love someone, when they go out and they make their mistakes, whatever they're going to be, and then they come back, you find yourself having to constantly lower your own self-respect and self-worth so that you can have them. And then they become up on this pedestal in your life where you're literally willing to change, break, kill every part of yourself that doesn't fit for them. So what's ultimately happening? You're not being loved for the person you are, you're being loved for the person you were willing to change into. For someone who's not able to be mature enough to remember the contracts, not legally binding, but verbal, emotional, spiritual contracts that you're making with each other. When you say things like, I love you, that means I love you when I'm bored. I love you when I'm busy. 
I love you and you're my priority. And that's the thing. That simple circle of things I just said is a huge deal in relationships. If you are very used to being up each other's ass all the time, and that's I'm using that term because we all know what it means, right? Every moment you got to be texting, talking, doing these things, checking in. Are you okay? I love you. I miss you. All these things. If you genuinely feel that way, that's great. Express that. As long as your partner doesn't think it's too much and they don't see it as aggressive, be that way. But that's the thing. You're never going to have one person that's super like that and the other person that's not that way. And that's going to work well because one person's needs will not be being met and the other one will be annoyed as fuck. So you have to then look throughout your life and go, well, where do I fall short in relationships? Ah, I have expectations that oftentimes aren't met. And when my expectations aren't met, I just let them go because I want to please the other person. So then you do that. And I did that through a five-year marriage where I was separated for about three and a half of it. Because I was constantly at war with myself going, fuck this, dude. This sucks. What are we doing? This is terrible. This isn't marriage. This isn't love. We know that. What the fuck are we doing? So you try to run, you fuck people's lives up, you hurt people. Okay, divorce. Then I go and deploy. Guess what? Another one, right? In the military, meet another woman, got married. Same thing. Now, don't really know each other all that well. Add on top of, now drinking is just heavy in the mix and things. A lot of passion, a lot of emotion, a lot of trying to fix lives and a lot of traumas untalked about and things like this. And then life just catches up with you, man, with love. And you go, God damn, love hurts a lot. The game of love hurts a lot to play. To, to find a person, whether you're just dating, whether you're married, whether you're engaged, whatever, whatever you say, you're just trying to meet people right now. Playing that balancing act of this is who I really am. And this is who I could see myself being. And this is who I'm willing to change. And this is what I'm not willing to change. And in the moment, I'm willing to change this. But in six months, when I'm tired of listening to you tell me the same fucking stories all the time, I'm not really willing to change that part of myself anymore. And right now, I'm willing to have kids. And I want to have this many kids. But in three years, when life happens and a few miscarriages and bad relationships, and how many kids do I want then? We're changing, we're growing, we're evolving, we're de-evolving, we're, we're doing life, but are we doing it together? Did love carry us through life together to the point where if we started caring about each, caring about each other, always needing to know that you were safe and you were well protected, whether it was an anxious attachment style or not, you had this general give a fuck about each other. And then as you hear and oftentimes talking about marriages, you go, well, it's normal for these types of feelings to, you know, dim or fade or whatever. And it's like, well, is it supposed to be normal? Or do we accept a lot of things as normal that simply shouldn't be? Stay together for the kids. You make it work so the kids grow up in a stable household. And I said this when I got divorced the first time. You ain't doing any kids any favors by staying in any houses that chaos is erupting in. Or stress is involved in all this tension and you ain't doing anybody any favors. So to answer and to wrap up the episode as quickly as I can, do I believe in true love? Do I believe it exists? Do I believe that there's one person for everyone? I believe 
that one person's heart is started as a blank slate through life and through experiences and through connections your heart is like a canvas and it gets painted on it gets tagged it gets destroyed it gets beautified it gets whatever by all these moments and unfortunately a lot like tattoos and stuff you can cover art up but like that scar is always going to be there that time is always going to be there the question is when you look at things when you when you're experiencing life when you're in it when you're in love when you look back at it, when you remember the time or when you see the future of it, does it make you feel good? Does it give you hope? Does it make you want to be better in every way? Does it make you want to be the best you can possibly be? Or is it something that you're clinging on to because you feel like without it, you're useless or you're unwell or you don't measure up? Because love's not supposed to be that. Love's not supposed to be something that you use to post on Facebook and let everyone know how well you're doing in life. Because I can tell you, man, if, if you have a great profile picture and you go to sleep crying every night, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Dumb as shit. All offense meant. You're dumb as fuck if you're doing these things to please people on Facebook... So you can post a picture going, look at my happy family. Look at all the things we do. Look at all the matching outfits. Look at the way we. Yeah. Does that keep you from wanting to go full fucking full metal jacket on yourself? At the end of every day when you've been so anxious, you can't fucking breathe. You can't eat. You can't sleep because you know just how miserable you are trying to pretend in a situation all the time. A situation you had great intentions for. And again, a lot of people would come in and go, well, you know, there are things you can change. You can change expectations. Well, I'm a firm believer in one thing you cannot change is your heart. Right? Your heart, once it's been primed in a certain way, well, that's the way your heart works, man. When you're, when it's, you know, it's not like drugs in the sense of once you do it, you can't not do it again. But it is in the sense of like, once you've had an experience, you know that experience is there. And you then start to compare every other experience to that. So if you're an alcoholic and you're used to drinking all the time, well, when you get sober and the only thing you really drink now is water, coffee, and juice, you're kind of like, yeah, no, I know. I get it. Nourishing, still liquid, good. But that was a lot of fun, right? That was a whole lot better sitting at a Buffalo Wild Wings, having a beer and feeling that than having a soda and sitting here and just being like, well, you know. We can't lie to ourselves, <laughs> whether you're in recovery or not, and go, that one option is not more fun. It is more fun. People always used to say, you don't need alcohol to have fun. No, you don't. But it is more fun. If I'm playing beach volleyball, duh, that's a good time. Always a good time. Down one. Hey, this is fun, man. This is a good time. I don't care about the sand in between my toes. I'm fucking getting it, right? Now, does that justify the behavior? No. 
Same thing in love. If you have, and we'll call it an immature idea societally of what love is, where you wake up in the morning and you're fucking first thing in the morning, you're getting each other coffee, you're texting each other all throughout the day because you genuinely love each other, not because one of you is up the other one's ass about why didn't you let me know what's going on? Because you genuinely want to know what's going on. What'd you have for breakfast? Oh yeah, what was your drive in like? Again, you're that in love with each other. I think of like Lily and Marshall on How I Met Your Your Mother, where they called each other every day to say what they had for lunch because they genuinely cared. It was like that is love, caring about someone that much where you're like, hey, I'm stepping away from my office real quick just to call you and tell you I love you. Like those little things, when you're used to them, when those things stop happening, people go, oh well, you let the fire go out or you let things get stale. It's like Sure, sometimes you can just start taking advantage of each other and you can start uh, allowing life to get busier than your attention is able to be focused on them. But at the same token, I've always firmly believed when you genuinely love someone, they don't leave your brain. Everything else is just in the way of that. That's how I've always been. I've always been an overly romantic person in that way. So I've always had a problem where once that effort or energy or whatever runs out from someone else, then I'm like, oh, well, this isn't the same. Because again, we can have bad times that happens and we can work through those. But when you're showing that everything in your life is more important than us, well, we're not a team then. You're living your life and I'm just here when you have time. And that's not something I'm interested in, especially if we have kids. So it's one of those situations where you go, do you believe in love anymore and true love in one person? Yeah, absolutely. But as you get older and as you involve especially children, your life becomes very complicated and you can't think of things such as uh, being up each other's ass 24-7 and constantly showing each other how much you love each other unless you are both committed to keeping kids priority number one, relationship 1B. And I, I firmly believe this. Your romantic relationship and your relationship with your kids doesn't have to be one and two. It could be one A and one B. And you can let each other know the reason I'm not with you right now is because I'm prioritizing my relationship with your mom. Same thing. Hey, honey, I love you. God damn, I'm going to fucking miss you like crazy. But right now, I think you need to take the kids and like show them a special day just for mom. I've done it with dad. You know, we've had a dad day. You, I need you to want to take a special day, show them how much you love them so I can have time for me. And then later on tonight, we can come back to the bumping and grinding you and I time, watching whatever, being whatever we want to be. We can still do all that. We just need A and B to work. If only B is working or only A is working, well, then neither of them are. Because, again, things can be equally important to people. And that's what's hard. That's what's hard. Life happens. Bills happen. Medical issues happen. People get pulled away. Um, things start getting stressful and priorities change. Simple as that. The question is, is your love strong enough to make you and your teammate in life priority one or one a one b whatever that's the type of love that i've always believed in 
where I've always called it like a Bonnie and Clyde thing, but that's toxic as well, where it's just, it's us over everything. No job, no nothing is ever going to come between you and me in our time and our family and everything that entails. So again, if it's kids activities, that's just as important as our date night activities. If it's spending one-on-one engaged time with the kids, that's just as important as the kids understanding you do not come in my room at night. Why? You don't want to see what's going on in here. Trust and believe that. You know what I'm saying? You need to stay in your room. Why? I'm trying to keep you out of therapy, dog. That's why. Right? But again, if your relationship is not that passionate where you're like, I'm fixing to fuck your mom up, yo. Like, I need you to understand. You need to stay in there. Right? And this, as a man, we're talking as a man now, and I'm going to lose the camera here soon, so it's going to get weird. But as a man, like, yo, if your woman doesn't drive you crazy like that, where you're like, yo, you better take that ass on the bed and stay where I'm telling you to stay. One, it's good for you as a child. You need to go to bed. You got school in the morning. You ate dinner. You took a bath. You, you've had your time. You've done your things. Dad needs to do his thing now. Like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? That is what your woman should do to you. That's what you should do to her. To She should have that same energy going towards them kids, going, take that ass on somewhere, right? But we don't. Life gets hectic. Work schedules get busy. Kids start having more activities. And then this, 1A, becomes 3, 4. And even 1B becomes 2, 3. To drinking, smoking, Facebook, TikTok, Reels, YouTube, work, gym, hobbies, whatever. So the question is, does true love exist to you? And are you willing to put the effort into it? That's the question. I love you. Love you guys very much. I hope you still believe in love. And I hope you're out there chasing it. But not chasing it to the point where it's not being reciprocated and you're physically chasing after it. You shouldn't have to do that. It should be right there waiting for you every single second that you need support, peace, and love. I love you guys so much. Thumbs up. Subscribe. I'll see you in the next one.